Suits and welcome in to another episode of the special report. My name is Will, and with me today is not Zane. I know it's weird. It seems weird, but look, he's on his recreational period, which by that we mean his work period, and he can't be here with us. So we got the guy from the adjacent cell in the dungeon. It's the one and only Sandbox. What's happening, my guy? I I'm doing well. I'm I'm out of myself for a minute, so this is great. Yeah, yeah. We've well, you you know you've been biding your time over there. You know, been lurking. We we really know that you were the one feeding Rosane all of his ideas. Oh, absolutely. You know, we we work on stuff <laughs> all the time. Let me tell you about it. Yeah, yeah. So today for this special report, we have a lot to cover, and unfortunately, we don't have a ton of time to do it. So. We're going to dive right in, and one of the things that I've seen making the rounds is some listicles that are um, doing some stuff, my friend, and uh, I don't know about you, but it seems like we're kind of developing a meta, if you will, and I saw this phrase recently, and I want to get your opinion on it, and it's the battle cruiser meta. Have you heard this? I have not, actually. That's new. I've been just more or less calling it kind of like the big boy meta, if you will. That's been a popular phrase in the past before. But, you know, we got like the Hulks, the Mals, the Thanos. Oh, my. Exactly. They they are, you know, we are definitely in the woods, the deep, dark woods, as it were. But I heard that phrase, battle cruisers. And I was like, man, that just really nails it. Yeah, no, I like it a lot, actually. That's really sweet. <laughs> I'll have to start dubbing that around the shop. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So from now on, that's what I'm going to refer to it as. And uh, yeah, shout out to whoever came up with that, because it's pretty excellent. So the battle cruisers are popping up all over the place. And actually, at an event you and I were at this past weekend, I mean, there was, I think, so many lists it was only eight person event but your list my list our friend kyle's list weighed the eventual winner of the of the thing so that's four right there that i noted and i think there were others that had at least one of these battle cruisers in their list and i want to clarify by battle cruisers like you said the Maus, the hulks the thanos you know these Big threat models, six and above threat that are hard to deal with, hard to take off the table, and punch really hard. That's what I mean by battle cruisers. But did you see more than that? Would it, or like there were what at least five? I think of some combination: Hulks, Mal, Thanos, something. I want to say at least one of those models was. I want to say in every single list that was there. Um, maybe the one local that was uh, from Oxford didn't. I can't remember his list off the top of my head, but I know all of our locals at least had one of those models in their tin. Yeah, yeah. He was playing Web Warriors, I think, and I'm not sure exactly what all he had in there, but I think that that's indicative of a of a situation where I don't think it's a problem per se, but I definitely am seeing this more and more, and... I'm seeing especially a particular plan 
more and more. And it revolves around like starting at 15. Let me let me see if I get this right, Sean, because you have a a better understanding of this style than I do because you gotta play it. So it's starting at 15 threat, you play Malka Ball, and it's Malekith, New Red Skull, so Master of Hydra, Red Skull, and Mystique. That makes your 15, right? And if mm-hmm. you're doing the math at home, that's actually four models on the board because you're able to have the grunts out there and they can interact with secures for free. So if you pay to flip, which I don't know, we'll talk about the nuances of pay to flips versus stand there and score in just a second, but you pay to flip, that's an advantage there. And then Mystique brings Deception. And then obviously you have Malekith and New Red Skull who, correct me if I'm wrong here, the idea is... You activate Red Skull early, he gains his power, he R&Ds it to Mal, so Ferocity's online, correct? That's correct, yes. Okay. So how does that strategy put a person at an advantage? Just in the overall, I mean, obviously having Mal ready to Ferocity, having Skull there and all that stuff, but you're activating a five-threat model off the rip, so where does the advantage come in? So the advantage is the 15-threat. With it being 15, so we're looking at like sword base research station. Um, like it's your opponent, if they're not on a similar game plan, they're not gonna bring a lot of punch back that can really deal with these high end models, and they just kind of get to do what they want. Um, so yeah, Red Skull is probably not attacking anybody turn one, but Malekith is having the tower now to ferocity turn one and if they give you a deception option he can potentially ferocity off the rip and double tap into them which is even worse um and it just puts you at such a deficit at the very start if the game plan goes well if your uh, opponent does not plan for it yeah yeah and that's the thing i mean if you're looking across the table at what your opponent brings and i also i think we need to preface some of this before we get too deep into this conversation. This is something that I think you're going to see at more competitive events than just your local game night. And that's okay. Like the, the point of the special report is to kind of be a little bit more competitive discussion. So that's why we're having this discussion. So when you see this, if, if someone wants to practice this at your local game night, just be prepared. It's a pretty potent strategy, but there are ways to deal with it, which we will discuss very shortly. I will, if you don't mind, I want to chime in here. Uh, being in a, com- a community organizer myself, I highly suggest if you do bring lists like this, please let your opponents know up front. Because um, lists like this can definitely bring a negative play experience uh, if your opponent's unaware and they may not have a, you know, they might just come to the shop to have a good time and you bring a list like this and you know, that turn good time turns into not a good time. Absolutely. And I will say having been around our shop specifically, most people that play in our local meta, which is a different way to say meta than what I said earlier, they're kind of seemingly trying to get better, trying to improve from a competitive standpoint. I would say we have a pretty competitive local group and it's nice, but at the same time, I know I can walk in there and be like, hey, I'm just goofing off trying something new. And I can still have a good time, which is really nice. So, you know, everybody knows their own local situation 
and knows what's appropriate and how to deal with that. And I think talking about competitive versus casual versus narrative versus whatever is a discussion for a different episode. But just realize if you're slapping a Malekith, a Red Skull, a Mystique, and you're decepting people all over the board, like you said there, Sean, it's got the potential to be negative and turn someone off. Like, this is somebody's second game and you're playing this into them. I mean, you, yeah. you know. Yeah, <laughs> not a good time. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you you might be a criminal, like a little bit. Yeah, for real. I mean, honestly, you're playing the big evil guys, so it makes perfect sense. The battle cruisers, as it were. So anyways, the the strategy. You said 15 threat, mystique getting people out of play, not being able to bring enough models to deal with this and i think that you really hit the nail on the head there is at 15 threat you're able to score points and if you lose priority which i think is an interesting idea with this kind of a list if you lose priority there's a non-zero chance you're going to have a target with malekith with the last activation and then potentially on the flip side have priority going into turn two to potentially get that ko right absolutely there's a good chances that that is like what's going to happen especially if mal is able to get the double tap on turn one um a lot of models in the game can't tolerate that yeah yeah absolutely and it's uh it's one of those things where i've seen luke cage just get deleted and you're like oh yeah well you know three threat versus seven threat that makes perfect sense but luke cage is you know widely considered one of the more tanky models in the game with his damage reduction six stamina all of that fun stuff so seeing a model like that just get deleted before they even have a chance to do anything it's like okay cool they moved up and stood on an objective or moved up and grabbed an objective and now they don't get to play anymore it's pretty tough yeah it is. I mean, Luke Cage's front side is more tanky than like half of the over half of the four threats in the game. So that has something to say with it, that alone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing about this particular strategy, if you will, is that it's very flexible. So you start at that 15, like we talked about, Malekith, Master Skull, Mystique, right? And then you level that up to 17. And you've got Malekith, Red Skull, Mystique, and Bullseye as an option, which, to shout out to Wade, that's what he played against me in the final that we had, and he had priority, so he was able to gain an objective lead early, so I had to play into him. And uh, yeah, top of turn three, my Immortal Hulk was KO'd. And I did misplay some stuff, you know, but Wade played it perfectly and uh, capitalized on my mistakes. And I, at that point, I was like, okay, cool. Well, I don't even have any damage on Malekith yet. Red Skull's sitting there pretty healthy. I'm pretty sure I hadn't put any damage onto anyone, or if I had, it was minimal at best. So, yeah, I just shook on it right there. I was like, great game, buddy. You just took this one down. Yeah, that's uh, very rough, especially losing the prio on that. I know you and I played as well, but I'm around that one. I had to play in more into you because yep. you had one prior at that one. Uh, yeah, that, and then I also, my dice were like, you know what? We've been saving a lot of energy uh, for just this exact matchup. And uh, yeah, it was uh, 
11 successes on seven dice. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I still, I'm still like dreaming about that right now. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I rolled these dice and I had four crits and I was like, I don't even, how can I, like, I don't, what am I do? How does this even happen? And uh, this was when Malekith for you was on your injured side. I'm sorry to make you have to relive this, but I feel like it's a great story. <laughs> so I had worked really hard to, to get Malekith to his injured side with my immortal Hulk and everything. And I even got really frustrated at myself because I had forgotten to do a siege of darkness trigger i was gonna play siege of darkness today's mal and ultimately i'm glad i didn't because it was the siege of darkness attack on this subsequent turn with immortal hulk that did this where i was able to roll seven dice 11 successes you rolled three blocks with mal and you didn't roll any skulls so you couldn't change any of those into crits and i one shot mal on his injured side with immortal hulk Yep, didn't even get to activate him. I went with a better. I went with the honestly the the more logical activation it too, just to get like Mystique out of harm's way with an asset, and it just didn't matter. Got just got punished anyway. Yep, yep. But uh, it was that was a wild game. It was a fun game, and it was one where it's like you know, it, outside of that crazy dice situation. I mean, it was a it was a great game. But I say that to say. That when we're talking about this type of strategy and and the Malekith, and I'm using Malekith specifically because it is something that I've seen be very popular lately, and I think this strategy is starting to to gain popularity within the competitive community, and it's one where if you get used to the decision points that you have in this this type of thing and I'll I've got a list here that I'll read off all the characters and everything and we'll we'll kind of dissect it here in a second but if you get used to the strategy and the timings of what to do and when to play exactly what things then you walk up to a table and if your opponent doesn't have an immortal hulk or doesn't have a regular hulk or a malekith or a thanos it's a bit of an advantage it's not a game flipping advantage per se because dice still have to be rolled you still have to make decisions all of that stuff but it's a it is an advantage i think with a list like this especially if you're comfortable with it because like you said at that 15 threat it's just really hard to be able to have enough pop to deal with something i think there's ways to do it again we're going to talk about that but it's hard off the rip i mean how do you feel about that yeah, no, I, it is. It, you're definitely not wrong. Um, I'm completely agreeing on that. It's it's rough to do it off the rip for sure. Yeah. So we have a list here, and uh, shout out to our friend Andrew. He uh, is letting us talk about his list because this is what he's going to be running at our upcoming tournament this Saturday. So we're going to kind of dissect this a little bit and um, talk about some of the strategies and whatnot here and. We'll run through characters, tactics, and all the stuff, and then we'll talk about it as we go through here. So, first up, we've got characters. Malekith, Hulk, Master Red Skull, OG Red Skull, Mystique, Bob, Winter Soldier, Baron Strucker, Baron Zemo, and Pyro. His tactics cards are Advanced R&D, Follow Me, those are his two restricted cards, Deception, 
Gamma Launch, Dark Rain, Victory Assured, Cosmic Invigoration, Midnight, Phantasmagoria, Pyrotechnics, and Eyes on the Prize. Secures, he's got Sword Base, Deadly Meteors, and Mutant Madmen. Extracts are Extremists, Target, U.S. Senators, Research Station, and Scrolls. So, let's start off the top with characters. Malekith, Hulk, Master Skull, one, two, three. I mean, I'd say that's hard to, to fault right there. How about you? Yeah, no, that's those are in my list. Um, our, the rest of the list is what's a bit different, but yeah, those are for this battle cruiser meta that's those are the uh the highlights for sure <laughs> absolutely and then he's got mystique which is a definite given and then things get a little interesting i would say so he's got the original red skull from the core box here bob winter soldier the baron bros and pyro so is there anything that stands out amongst those characters as kind of eyebrow raising for you uh, OG Skull. Yeah. OG Skull for sure. Um, I see the Hydroflex, which a lot of these lists do that. They'll have, um, you have Cabal, of course, with the Mal, but they usually flex into another affiliation for like separate game plans if you get certain setups. Um, the Hydroflex is very interesting to me, um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure why OG Skull is here. So, in talking to Andrew and, and talking about why he put this character in here, there's two things. One, he's been playing OG Skull for a long time, and I think he just really likes him. There's that. Second of all, I think it's to continue to flex into the, I say flex into, you're already playing Cabal, but flex into a different style of Cabal and being able to get Cosmic Invigoration and Follow Me as a one-two punch, I think is the idea there and then you can potentially play a little wider than you can with a Malekith now I don't know about you but I think it's a little redundant to have OG Skull and trying to play wider and it's like he and I were talking about this and if you're leaning into this strategy right what do you not want to see across the table, Sean. Like, if you're leaning into the the Mal, Master Skull, Mystique as, like, your core 15, what is it that scares you across the table? Honestly, a Hulk. Hulk, um, which, unfortunately, he's also very popular in the meta. Um, anything that really gives, like, an easy stagger, and Hulk can get access to an easy stagger with Hulk Smash, yeah. um, is always rough. Yeah, for me, when I think about playing... A list like this and I've played into a list like this back in another TTS season for me if I am going up against an opponent that brings this I want to have at least two more activations than than my Malekith opponent's gonna have if yeah if I'm not bringing a battle cruiser myself right. so for me if I'm the Malekith player from the Cabal player if I'm Andrew in this situation seeing something like a Guardians of the Galaxy across the table would would not be great for me seeing shield across the table i don't think would be a great option and maybe just a regular hydra maybe yeah hydra can go pretty wide on it um i know in our tournament in uh, alabama a couple weeks ago i had a hard time against another player that brought a 
Hydra lists themselves and went very wide uh, and did exactly what you just stated. He had about two more activations than me, and it was a very close game. Yeah, and then additionally, one that I need to throw in there because I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention them, and that's X-Men, especially Storm-led X-Men because they can go pretty wide as well and have some tools that I think kind of mitigate the longer ranges that your Red Skull, your Hydra Grunts, and your Mystique operate at. Right. It's, to me, and kind of what you're saying here, these larger lists that can just go really wide. Um, Crisis setup has to do a lot with if I'm afraid of those kind of lists or not. Also, particular pieces. Um, So an easy piece that would fit into a list like that is Pyro, that Andrew here has on his list. Pyro is a nightmare piece for a model like Malekith. Absolutely. And the reason being is the ability to root and slow him. It's just, yeah. It's just ridiculous. And it's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love that this is a thing that exists, that we have a tool to deal with this. But being able to firewall into a Malekith with Pyro is one of those things that it's a tool to deal with Malekith. Like, I will say if you're going to an event and you expect to see Malekith's battle cruisers of any kind, Firewall and Pyro is, I mean, he's in. He's got to be in, right? Yes, I'm bringing him every time. Uh, actually, there's a version of my list where I'm trimming down on the battle cruiser meta and I'm actually adding Pyro in that slot instead uh, to deal like as an anti-tech if I run into the same list. Yeah, yeah, and I think that it's the, his attacks are fine. Being able to, to incinerate people potentially is fine. Fire manipulation works really well against the the battle cruiser strategy because, at least in my experience playing against it, there's they tend to be relatively close to one another, except for Mystique, who's off doing her own thing usually. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're especially with that go wide strat, you can just hold him back, let them activate all their characters, and if you're able to move, attack, firewall, turn one on a Malakith, you're in a wonderful spot. Oh, absolutely. And then if you think about as the game goes on and the progression and everything, if Pyro only gets to do that one time, you're still going to profit from that situation because let's not forget, Malekith has to spend action economy to remove those conditions. And yes, Malekith gains power pretty easily, but he also spends power pretty easily. And you've taken the opportunity to change skulls into crits away from him easily right you've taken the chance for him to get a butcher of thors off away because it's like all right do i want to butcher of thors here or do i want to be able to change skulls into crits right and these are the decisions that you put onto the malekith player so a character like pyro is one where i i feel weird saying that like this character has to be in every list because he doesn't he does not absolutely have to be in every list. But if you're going to in a competitive event, I think you should highly consider finding a way to add Pyro in there just because of the prevalence of these characters out there. And it's not just Malekith either. Immortal Hulk hates Pyro. Sure, he already moves slow, but you make his Gamma Launch and his throw cost four power. This is the freaking worst, let me tell you. 
<laughs> you are absolutely not wrong. Yeah, Pyro, he's put in so much work. Um, I that's one of the reasons why I'm really debating on just adding him into my list in particular too. Um, it's you don't even need pyrotechnics like his card. Like that card's great and all. Don't get me wrong, but the, if you're not on playing on like demons downtown, I find like there's sometimes when you're just not hitting your wild triggers and nothing's getting incinerated. And that card's just a dead card, and so I don't even bring it with them most of the time anymore. Yeah, I think it's one where. It works in certain instances, right? So, like, if you've got some kind of dice manipulation to be able to get re-rolls, or maybe if you're playing, like, um, in Hydra, I think there's some ways you can kind of manipulate certain things or someone that guarantees incinerates and stuff like that, then it can work really great. And I've had it used on me to great effect, and it really sucked. But... At the same time, I completely agree with you. Like, I have pyrotechnics in my list currently, but I'm considering dropping it because I don't expect to use it often. Right, right, absolutely. In a list like Andrew's here, like with the Hydroflex, completely understandable, absolutely run it, because you have the Strucker game plan and stuff too. Um, it's great here. But yeah, in a list like yours, with your the Midnight Suns, who's having Pyro on the list... Um, yeah, I can absolutely see cutting that card. Like, that's like the 11th slot. Like, do I bring it? Do I not? Exactly, exactly. And recently, with how I've been playing and and just cramming Immortal Hulk down everybody's throats, uh, I haven't even had room for Pyro, let alone Pyrotechnics, because my Tactus card slots get eaten up pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, let's go back <laughs> to OG Red Skull here. And I... I know I know why he's in this list, you know, being able to use Dark Rain, having another target for Victory Assured, because Victory Assured as a tactics card is one that I don't particularly love. I know it can be potent in the right situations and suffering damage to be able to uh, add dice on a beam six, you know, beam three, strength six attack is really nice. And giving OG Red Skull access to that is also very nice. But I think that this tactics card combined with OG Red Skull isn't really enough. And then when you think about, well, Cosmic Invigoration exists. So that's one where it's basically an extra follow me. In a sense, it's it's not exactly, but it's basically an extra situation to follow me and you can really stack the damage but in your experience have you seen a strategy like that and where trying to see how i want to phrase this like where stacking that much eggs into one basket really ends up paying off not really um so to me and like i don't like saying the words like um how do i put this like the characters becoming a a bit stale or a bit uh outclassed if you will um og red skull is kind of behind the curve at this point in time in the game in my opinion so yes as cosmic invigoration is a great card og you're paying the tax of bringing og red skull like he doesn't hold up he didn't get the love that steve got with uh, last year's like character updates. 
Um, and so he's just a little bit behind that bar. Um, I definitely would, in my opinion, I don't think it would, it's necessary either. Like the following game plan, it's, is fine enough with Mal. I think going cosmic invig and follow me and you're going to find in a lot of situations, it's overkill. It's just like a win more. If yeah. you will. Yeah. And I, I think that's really the nail on the head of this conversation is it's, it's bringing something that you should already have done. And it's like, I get it's like the, uh, you know, in case of emergency break glass type situation. Like that's what this rings to me. It is in that situation. And I think that if we were going to take Red Skull out of this list, which I know Andrew doesn't want to, but if we were going to take Red Skull and Cosmic Invigoration out of this list, what would you replace it with so only strictly speaking og red skull like not touching anything else just that slot i feel like it needs to be another four threat because that is the only four threat in his list um i think i have two to three candidates here okay you either go with a brotherhood character so you go like rogue or you go Sabretooth apex predator uh-huh. so if if Sorry. you wanted to, that's with the knowledge that he has extremists in his list. And Brotherhood plays extremists very well with, like, Hulk. But if he's going that route, I would also want to try to find a spot for Juggernaut. But again, we're not touching that right now. Yeah, hang on one second. And you're saying extremists, so senators, not extremists. I want to clarify I apologize. That. Yeah. Yes, you're correct. So we'll just go senators from there. Yes, sir. So senators, yes. Um... Brotherhood is one of, if not the best affiliation to really play that crisis with characters like Juggernaut and Hulk. Um, And that's in his list. So if I were him, I'd try to want to flex into that. But moving away from that topic, the other character that I think just kind of fits the game plan a little bit better um, for like just the Mal plays, uh, strangely enough, like something like Crimson Dynamo. It's Crimson Dynamo. Yeah. Like, that was my number one choice of replacement here. And the reason being is, to your point, playing that Mal game plan a little more. But I don't know about you, keeping Mal alive, right? Oh, yeah. Pays uh, pays dividends. (laughs) (laughs) It, It does. It really does. So Crimson Dynamo is one where his disruption field is... A really incredible power being able to say okay cool you just targeted Malekith with a with an attack right and the way disruption field reads when this character or another allied character is targeted by an enemy attack and the enemy is in within range three of this character so you can put crimson dynamo in a position where you're pretty much always going to be in that range and your opponent at that point has to make a decision. Do I target Crimson Dynamo to get rid of Disruption Field, which you will then be automatically feeding into the power that is Disruption Field, or do I target the character I want to target, and then, oh, he's going to do the Disruption Field on me. Right. Yeah, he, he is great at that. And on top of just Disruption Field, I mean, like, Beam for Shock, 
Yep. Also relevant there, that adds that extra layer of protection from Malekith by your opponents just rolling one less attack dice. Um, he brings a lot to the table in that um, talk. He really does. And let me tell you, Sean, I've been noticing something about myself recently. Man, I am just like, here, let me set up this sweet beam for you. Oh, you want to hit three characters? Come on over. Come on over. You can have all three of them. Mmm, enjoy that. Yeah, that's what I've been doing a lot lately. Oh, yeah, it's really, really sweet. Um, he also loves Malachus' leadership with, oh, oh, I just uh, dazed one of your characters or KO'd one of your characters. Let me give him a free move, give him some extra power to do his kit. It, he just loves it, eats it up. Eats it right up. So, yeah, if I'm going to take out OG Skull, and and again, I want to be clear here, that I think the OG Skull, Cosmic Invigoration, follow me, like because I think that's the overall plan with this i think that's okay but it is a little bit like extra and to me the tax for og red skull he's still decent and that leadership is still nice and it and it's one of those things where where it's cool and, and all of that stuff and i think that andrew has a plan for playing og skull with all of the the craziness I feel like that there's one of those things where if it all goes right, you'll just run out of targets even. And if you're you're trying to pull off a play where you follow me on turn two, Cosmic Invigorate on turn two, or even Cosmic Invigorate down the line, you know, it's all dice, it's all crazy, things go crazy, but it's, I just, I feel like it's just a lot, right? It's just, it's it's a lot. And when it works, you're going to feel like a genius and amazing, but you're not going to have any targets. And let's not forget that the idea of something's going to get dazed, right, and be able to come back. So if you spend it, if you blow your wad on this one turn and and you you just daze them, I mean, it doesn't seem worth it to me. And then like I, I equate that to something like a Helios right i've seen mm-hmm. helios talked about with the yeah you know use it on a mal use it on a hulk and all this stuff and yes that is when you want to use it but at the same time you need to make sure you use it at the right time i think today's a mal depending on the situation it's valuable but it is 10 times more valuable to ko a mal or ko an immortal hulk like if you can hold that card until they're on their injured side, if it's possible. Like, if you can't, you can't. But if you can hold that till they're on their injured side, it becomes that much more valuable. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. I've always been in the camp that Helios, in particular, is more of an OG Hulk card. Like, you know, because there's no worry about the flip. You're just trying to deuce him, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And it's one of those things where I know any time, and I mean literally any time I see an Iron Man on the other side of the building and I've brought a battle cruiser. So for me recently, it's been a mortal Hulk. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Seven threat model versus three threat model. I'm okay with that because that three threat model can punch way above his weight class once. And that one time can be the determining factor in the game. It sure can. Absolutely. Um, that's why I usually playing one of these battle cruiser lists. Like if at any point I have an opportunity to go in to Iron Man, 
I'm taking it. And I'm just trying to take them off the table. And if I can do it to where I can daze you, still keep Pryo, and then KU at the top of the next round, I am a happy camper. You are not wrong. Yeah, I played a game recently where the dice just failed me into Iron Man. And he was left alive on one health. And my opponent ripped off a 12 dice, I think, 12 dice Helios into Immortal Hulk. Unfortunately, the dice didn't go very well for him. I, I hit, I think, I think he did like five damage or something like that. Maybe, maybe. And it wasn't the best. But, right. But it, uh, it I was like, really like, oh crap, I'm gonna, I'm about to lose my Hulk right now. You know? Yeah. It's a scary feeling for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, big agree. Like, I, that card, it's fine. Into, I'm not gonna say it's not good into the other pieces that we're talking about here, but, specifically into OG Hulk, it's just that much better because there's oh, yeah. not the fear of, oh, well, I have to daze him and then I have to worry about the next side. Oh, no, there's no worry in that. Exactly, exactly. So with all of that in mind, if you have a character like Malekith, if you're playing the the list like Andrew's got here, I think that more often than not, you're bringing Malekith at any threat value, right? Yeah, I think th his list is full tilt. We're playing Mal. Um, his crises in particular are interesting to me for that. I like meteors here because of that, with that eye shape, if I remember correctly, um, is very close knit together to where Mal can just get wherever he wants. Sword base also very good for that as well it has that 15 threat he wants mm -hmm. that uh that square shape how it's brought closer in i think it's the g yeah. um brought closer in he can get at any point of that wherever he needs to go he can go and just do like wreck something on a point and then flip it if he needs um the one that stands out to me that's interesting and i'm not gonna say it's a bad choice but it's mutant madman yeah so originally here he had Infinity Formula, and he and I were talking about it, and I think Mutant Madman specifically is a solid option for Mal Cabal with the Master Red Skull and all that stuff because of the pay-to-flip aspect of it because I feel like outside of X-Men, really, and then the mirror matchup, you, you don't want to play this because you're going to have to spend that power to flip that objective. Right. I, I can agree with that. And I will say specifically, X-Men is a very popular affiliation. It is not that popular at our local meta. <laughs> so <laughs> for our event, great choice. Well, yeah, and there's that too. But uh, I mean, what would you say you would want to replace that with? Um, I mean, a popular choice obviously is Demons. Um. Or even if he wants to be a crazy person, he can do gamma just for like that other E shape. E's are pretty nice, especially if he puts in um, Crimson Dynamo over that OG Red Skull spot. If that were the case, if he made that swap, I'd want at least one E in this list. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually kind of agree with you there. Like, I like the idea of Mutant Madman because you can kind of corridor off your opponent a little bit and Malekith can get across the board easily enough to where if you place him inappropriately, he's not too out of position in a general sense. So that's why I kind of like this here, but talking about gamma and how gamma has changed 
in that it's not going to be a runaway score anymore. And if you have priority and you end up pulling your secures and you have two 15 threat secure options and then your extract has a 15 option in research station, uh, your opponent's going to have a hard time. Like if, if say you lose priority seeing that over there being like, oof, I don't know if I want to deal with 15 threat. Uh, yeah. I think the gamma thing might be kind of interesting actually. Mm-hmm. I, that's another reason why I like gamma here because it, it specifically, it brings another 15 threat option. Yeah. Um, and 15 is if he can play 15, he wants to play 15. Like yes. his list just screams it. New Red Skull Malekith Mystique is a, it's one of the biggest dogs in the 15 threat slot, if not the biggest dog. Yeah, no, it, it's really strong. And when I mean, there's three, there's three crises that you, you can have access to it right there off the rip. And Gamma's one where it's like, if you're going up against the mirror, if you're going up against Hulk and like, if I see this on the other side of the table, right? Like, like if, if, it's Malekith, it's 15, and we get Gamma, right? I, as Midnight Suns with Immortal Hulk, probably not super afraid, even though I don't love it because my 15 is definitely less good than that 15 because it would be something like Immortal Hulk, Blade, and Voodoo. So I'd only have three models to his realistically four if you count the grunts. But right. with that, I do like the idea of displacement. And I think that is the only thing that hurts this Malekith strategy is displacement. And a Hulk on the other side of the table, a Malekith on the other side of the table, a Thanos on the other side of the table. Yes, absolutely. Um, at 15 threat, it makes it to where this list can, whatever they bring for that displacement, it can usually handle it. Um, but, you know, dice or dice. And there will be games where it it can't. Um, anything like big, like Immortal Hulk, Hulk, those are actually my two my most fearful models, I would say, in a list like that, um, to where I would just want to get rid of those models ASAP off the table. That's probably going to be your primary focus, is just, just gunning down that big piece that can handle your models. Um, mm-hmm. And it puts it to where, like, if you can handle it, you, like, you win, right? There's really no... In other games, I'd be like, oh, you know, you still got to fight. But at 15 threat, you're only, your opponent's bringing three pieces. And if you just, like, melt their Hulk round two, round three... It's over. There's, yeah, that game's... Unless if you're, like, left on, like, one health on your injured side or some crap like that. Like, yeah, that game is done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, but it just leaves up to that gamble, right? You're you're leaving the fate in the dice. And I will say his list is geared to win those kind of battles with follow me with like the R and D stuff. Like it is geared to do that. Right. And then layer in the fact that you've got the, the Malekith protection that is midnight phantasmagoria. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, cool. You hurt my mouth. Well, now I'm going to push you away and you've got to spend action economy to get back into this fight here. And and then again, dark rain. It's yep. it's uh yeah, it's loaded for that. And if Andrew in this case sees on the other side of the board a Hulk, an immortal Hulk, a Malekith, and they don't have those same tools, well then I feel like he might get a smile on his face because it's like, okay, cool. I'm gonna I have priority, I have functionally three models because my 
skull and my grunts act as one. And they have three models, so I'm going to retain priority as long as I don't daze anybody. Turn one that hasn't activated. Cool. Easy peasy. Move, move. There you go. And even if Malakit's left in a marginally vulnerable position, and I say marginally vulnerable, right? Because Hulk, Mortal Hulk or regular Hulk, is not going to be able to get the distance that Malakith does on that turn one. So if you have Malakith sitting on a back secure, sitting on your home gamma, ready to pounce on the next turn, you're going to have that available to you. And then yes. let's layer in the fact that he's got eyes on the prize here. So if there's a middle extract here, he's able to activate Master Skull and then subsequently eyes on the prize, gain him some power, move, get a middle objective, and move back to safety. And still have the power to give to Malekith to do Ferocity turn one. Exactly. So so all of that layers into, with priority, this list is, is one that's going to be difficult to deal with. Now, we said Crimson Dynamo for OG Skull, so that takes out Cosmic Invigoration. Is there a tactics card that you would replace in that slot? Actually, yes. Uh, I was skeptical of this card uh, for a little while, but I have turned around on it. Uh, Black Bifrost. Really? Mm, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, there, there are matchups where it's there are more widespread, but Malekith is still the right choice to bring. Mm -hmm. And, but he, you know, that there's going to be times where he's going to have a hard time getting to another end of the board to deal with something he just has to get over there for. That card in like the couple games I've tested it in where it was uh, a necessity. So like a, like a B shape or a D shape. It's been awesome. Yeah. I can see on the B or the D on the D it uh, could be very useful being able to quickly reset sides of the board. Now I, it is worth noting that yeah, for Malekith it's extra good because he's got a, a big pool of health that he can go through it, take the damage, not a big deal and then do his swipes, and it functions very well. But it also is available to your opponent. And that is worth noting. So playing a card like Black Bifrost, you have to be very cognizant of the fact that the opponent will also have access to it. Yes, absolutely. Just being smart with your uh, portal placements. So like, I would never put a portal if I can help it like directly on top of a, a an objective right yeah. so i would place it off to the side to where if my opponent went through it they're not just going to be contesting as soon as they pop out mm -hmm. um being smart with your placements but in the same sense because it does damn you know unlike the defenders version it does damage you you're playing characters mostly that have big health pools whereas your opponents may not be mm -hmm. and you're it's now working towards that attrition game plan that you're bringing to the table because like yeah go ahead you can use that portal you can get on this side but you're also hurting yourself in the process and making it easier for me to kill you yeah yeah no i i definitely like that i was gonna say in this spot here a recalibration matrix might not be a bad idea because that card has come in handy for me a lot recently where it's kind of, you have to pick your moment, right? Like if I'm playing with my Immortal Hulk and I roll my seven dice and I'm completely whiffed out, like let's say maybe I got a crit and a couple of hits, but it didn't work out very well. Or again, if I'm playing into a Malekith and Malekith just paid to turn two skulls into crits, 
right? Well, if I recalibration matrix that, he doesn't get to re-roll those crits, those skulls. They they no long they are skulls again. So that's messing with his power economy. And now I'm able to re-roll everything, get a better roll potentially. He has to re-roll stuff, and he's already got some skulls there. So, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. And he can't pay again on the backside to turn skulls into crits. So if he rolls more skulls, yep. they're just skulls again. So I will say at something to add into that, and I'm not sure if you were aware, and this is for kind of like the listeners as well, uh, for a recal matrix for like a character like Domino or Malekith, whatever skulls they paid for that are in their pool that are counting as successes, they will be able to reroll those in particular because they are being looked at as crits, not skulls. But whatever they reroll into, that that will lie. So if they reroll into skulls, uh, they will now be skulls again. I thought they couldn't pick up the skulls and reroll them. They're they're viewed as crits, so they actually can be picked up and rerolled. Well, there you go. See that you learn something new every day, people. So. I was under the impression that because they're still showing skull face, so you don't actually change the die itself, that it would be still a skull. But uh, there you go. So, you know, that's... Uh, yeah, but I believe there is a forum post out there from... I want to say it's uh, Nagolda that answered that. But yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, from, my, from my remembrance, it is because they're being viewed as crits, they are considered crits for, like, being picked up and re-rolled. Now, Roger. again, whatever they re-roll into, if they re-roll into skulls again, they're not counted as skulls anymore. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as crits anymore, but they're counted as skulls. I got you, I got you, yeah. So, so yeah, well, there you go. I, I still think Recalibration Matrix is a valuable card in this instance, but the Black Bifrost, I think, is cool. But let's, uh, let's, I think we can also take out Pyrotechnics here and have both of these tactics cards added in here. Yes, I, that is actually was going to be my suggestion. I would rip out probably Pyrotechnics. I would rip out, um, if, if he did the replacement on OG Skull, uh, rip out Cosmic and Vig, of course. Mm-hmm. And I'd, be, I'd do Black Bifrost Recal Matrix. Um, there's an argument here for trying to squeeze and fall back somewhere. Yeah. Um, for that extra like additional layer of protection. I do know Criminal Syndicate is decently popular in our meta. Um, and just Shadowlands, Daredevil, some people are high on them again, some people are kind of low on them. But just getting any list that brings like a lot of rapid-fire characters is really good against, like, oh, well, I don't want you to get that second trigger, so I'm just going to move out of the first one. <laughs> out of range of the first time, you don't get the second trigger, nor and now you have to move into me again if you want to do this another attack. Very strong. Yeah. Absolutely. I think fallback is a solid option, which brings me to, I still think there's a couple other tactics cards that we can talk about here because this tactic card setup is a very interesting one. And this also comes from me talking to Andrew and talking about how he wants to play and all of that stuff. Gamma launch. Yes. All right. So the idea is Hulk activates early gamma launches a Malekith into opponent's zone. I personally don't like that strategy. Now, I I get if it if it pays off, it's gonna be dope. But there is so oh, much yeah. that can go wrong there. I feel like, right? <laughs> yeah. No, you're not wrong. Uh, you are leaving your hands in the gods, like to the gods. <laughs> yeah like it's like okay cool well and and i don't think he's necessarily planning on doing it like turn one like off the rip activation number one but but 
the idea of saying like at 16 threat, right? Like Malekith, Hulk, Mystique. You're already only at three models, only three models. So if your opponent does have an Iron Man with Helios, if you aren't able to finish him off, that's bye-bye somebody. Yep. So so no. then you're already down, and you R&D over to Mal, Gamma Launch with Hulk on, so activate Mystique, R&D to Mal would be kind of like the, the idea with this. And this this is also saying, screw objectives. <laughs> yes. Like, you are, you are not trying to win. You're going to have that game like uh, Merzane's Friend Hunter where you win the game, but you lost on points like it was eight to zero or something that he had something like that oh yeah uh our local will ray had a game uh not that long ago where it was he i think he only had like two or three points on the board and but he won via attrition yeah and and it exists like i've been attritioned and i've attritioned to somebody so i know how it goes but it's still hard to pull off because it is the dice game after all but anyways the idea turn one mystique r&d's and then hopes to maybe deception somebody if it opens up, right? Turn two, if you if you intend to gamma launch, and let's not forget, you're bringing this as a tactics card slot. So one of your five slots is taken up with a card that is for one thing and one thing only. You gamma launch Mal. And even if you don't throw him the full five, you just throw him to the middle of the board. You, you better hope. You better better hope those dice go well, because here's how I look at it, right? Now, at 16, your opponent's probably going to have four to five models, like if you're playing Guardians, so you're going to have opportunities to pass and set up and all of that stuff, but I feel like this is one of those, like, ultimate alpha strike strategies that when it works, it's going to, like, you're going to feel like a badass, Oh, yeah, no, you are on cloud nine. If you're just like, Gamma launches Mal, <laughs> chuck him across the board, <laughs> and he just rampages in Rex's face, then right. yeah, it's going to feel great. It is going to feel great. And it's one of those things where I feel like a strategy like this, and I don't know the math of everything in this game, I really don't, but when you're when you're thinking about like just this, just laying it on the table, you know, you're just slamming it down on the table, Am I right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We well, just just slamming it down on the table, and you're saying, "Cool, my Malekith, Malekith specifically," because let's not forget, Mystique's not really going to be pumping out that much damage. She's a good model. She can do damage. She's she's okay, right? And Hulk is going to be out of position. He's going to have to spend the rest of his activations to walk up, right? So you're saying, my Malekith is going to be dazing two characters a turn. That's a hard ask. I've playing a lot of Mal. That's I I know that it, it's possible. And they're, they're gonna have games where it, especially if they, they do that go wide strat, yeah. It's probably gonna happen more often than not. But then you're gonna have games where like they don't like either you just get unlucky on your dice or they bring a battle cruiser meta into you and you're definitely not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and it's one of those things where I, I know Andrew's a good enough player where he wouldn't do that into, say, an Immortal Hulk. That'd be a, a terrible idea. Or just another Hulk on the other side of the table. It doesn't make sense. But this goes into the broader discussion of when you're sitting across from someone and you're looking at their list. If they have a Thanos, a Hulk, Malekith, Immortal Hulk, a Battlecruiser of any kind, uh, even, 
I don't even a Beta Ray Bill, who is not a battle cruiser, but if you see Beta Ray Bill on the other side of the table, this is this is a tough ask. Yeah. No, I mean, even like New Skull, like him potentially coming up and just all of a sudden, oh, I'm counting blanks into you. That says something. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I think that if you turn back the clock to when Malekith first came out, this strategy is is bananas good. Yeah. Yes. But given how things have unfolded and everything, I don't know if you want to lean into this necessarily. So as we, we've talked about this list, and unfortunately we're not going to be able to get to the other list I wanted to talk to just because of time constraints and whatnot, but I see this, and I'm seeing when I look at the rest of, of the list here, you know, we've got Bob, Winter Soldier, Strucker, Baron Zemo, and Pyro flexing into Hydra. I get that, but like, I think we talked about this earlier. I think we still keep Crimson Dynamo, but I think we find another character to bring here to play that brotherhood strategy with senators. So like a juggernaut. Yes. I think we find yes. room for juggernaut. For sure. Um, I think, I honestly think you trim out because if you look at his tactics cards here, he's not playing any Hydra cards, right? I think you cut the Hydra tech. I think you cut the Hydra tech, you play brotherhood over it. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. And I don't, it's, it's a thing. Again, and Andrew made this list, and I know he likes the ideas of it here. And and the idea of Hydra within this list is not so much to flex into Master Skull's Hydra, but to flex into Strucker's Hydra if he needs to play wider on something like a D-shape or a B-shape that doesn't have pay-to-flip stuff, right? Yeah, I will say real fast one thing to mention. If he's once has an option, why is Exceptional Healing not in this tin? Because of Strucker, we're, exactly. Yeah, we're Strucker, right? Yes, yes. So that's kind of why I, I I bring this all up in that I think that the better flex with Malekith in this instance is to flex into Mystique Brotherhood. You don't even have to bring Magneto. No. Yeah, I don't think you bring Magneto. Right. I think you just focus on her. Right. And if you, But if you want to keep this like it is, if you want to keep keep the characters and keep the Hydra flex, then I think you rethink victory assured because mm -hmm. I think that should become world domination. Yeah. Because if you win priority or if you lose priority and your opponent has something in there that makes sense, well, then it's an easy pick. Right. And even at that point, then you start to question, well, do I bring like Mayor Fisk? Right. Exactly. And so I don't think we do. I think our our secure situation of sword, deadly meteors, and gamma is very strong. But again, so I don't. Maybe world domination isn't the right answer. But I don't think victory assured is necessarily the right answer either because it's a beam three, really strong. I get that, but you're also potentially stunning your red skull or staggering him, stunning him. What does it do? It is a stun. Stun. So you're stunning your Red Skull, which you definitely don't necessarily want to do, and potentially damaging him to where if the dice don't work out, then he's in a real bad situation. And if you're, again, flexing into that Hydra and you've got Strucker, you can't lose Strucker if you're playing Hydra there and having exceptional healing for Victory Assured would be great. Or taking out Gamma Launch and having 
the do you know who I am if we put in Juggernaut. Right, absolutely. I mean, even if he runs into a scenario where he wants to go wider, I mean, he can still squeeze New Skull in that list, go Hydra, and just play New Skull leadership for the extra power. And that's still viable. Like, just don't yeah. bring your other big boys. You just go New Skull, bring the rest of the Hydra junk, uh, uh, like lackeys, and go that way. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And another, see, we're kind of dismantling this at this point, I think. But, a little bit. Yeah, I know we kind of veered off. My yeah. a little bit of my apologies there. No, it's okay. It's okay. I think that this is part of like when you're looking at your list, right? And and you're trying to like like I don't want to sit here and say like my personal biases are a part of this discussion. Like it is. It's it's a part of how I do my list building and how the game has influenced me over time is how I'm going to look at somebody else's list. So that is definitely a thing here with this. But if you're taking this to a competitive event and you're a decent enough player putting yourself at the best advantage possible is you know and we say that best advantage possible but yet we've said well no don't take gamma launch and don't take you know don't don't do do this thing you know don't don't play follow me and cosmic invigoration but th those are advantages like that's not uh, how's, how do I want to phrase this? Stacking advantages versus lateral advantages. I feel like those are lateral, but you want to be able to stack advantages, right? Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it, um, yeah, you want to be able to like, my thing is like, especially with a list like this, right? You're, I like the dual feel. I think a list like this, if you go pure cabal, that's fine, but you want to be like pure cabal. I'm all in on that game plan. Yeah. If you're doing the dual affiliation with this, I don't think I think the the second affiliation there needs to be a reason that's there. Um, I do think Hydra can have a place because of how easy it is to flex into them from Cabal because they're almost all of them are Cabal characters too. Yeah. Um, but I, I if he doesn't go if he wants to stay rather the Hydra route, there's just a couple uh, crises I would just take out like the extremist plan. I would rip that. Because if he stays this and he plays against it like a brotherhood list, he'll get dismantled in that matchup, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so I just think he just makes a couple swaps. He can yeah. easily keep a list very similar to this. Yeah. Absolutely. I just think he just makes some uh, crisis swaps. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I think this list here, take out senators. Like if you want to stay with Hydra, we need to replace senators. And with yep. that, what would you replace it with? Ooh, um, something probably a bit more high scoring, actually. Like if we're going like the game plan being, okay, if I get my extracts, I'm probably going Hydra over Cabal. Um, maybe even something like a, maybe like a Cubes. Yeah. Or uh, even if you want to be a crazy person, like Spider Infected, but probably Cubes over that. Yeah, I would not think Spider Infected would be good here because you don't want to inadvertently have your Malekith displaced or your Hulk displaced or your Red Skull who right. really needs his action economy. Right. Well, remember, though, I, we're going off the basis that if we get our those crises, we're going to go Hydra. So we're probably not going to bring Mal. Yeah. We might bring Hulk here, but we're most likely bringing like New Skull at like high that the highest threat. Right. Yeah. And then you're going more of like a wide strat. Yeah. Yeah, I think cubes makes the most sense. I was also considering paranoia, 
paranoia is not a bad choice either. You know, um, I know local Matt Stamps that is a very big into Hydra. I think he likes paranoia a lot for his list. Yeah, and I, I feel like that paranoia makes sense in that you can kind of mitigate the damage situation with certain characters and whatnot. And if you're playing a little wider, you can play at 16 and still be pretty wide, even with the Master Skull. Right. So... Uh, I think, yeah, I think I like cubes better, if I'm being honest. Me too. But uh, paranoia is an option. So if we're keeping keeping the characters like they are, also, I, I got to say, that this is just, and this is a total bias. This is all bias all the time with this next comment. Bullseye over Bob, 100%. Yeah, I, man, Bob's fun. Don't Bob is get super it wrong, fun. right? The the rocket's awesome. I'm not going to lie, too. Under New Skull, like, he could potentially threaten, like, getting another loaded token. Getting yeah. the extra power by sitting on a point. Um, that is a play. And it's how valid that play is? Yeah. Question. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I mean, ultimately, the threat of a two-threat a two model doing a nine-dice attack is super great. It's a, yep. It is a super awesome thing. However, in my personal experience, Bullseye never missing and needing to do one damage, it's like every time. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I had a game yesterday where I had a beast on one health on, or on his injured side, and I could not even touch Bullseye um, because I, like, if I attacked him and I did not do, get, do him in, I was KO'd. Yep. Yep. And and I think that that is where Bullseye's value lies is like, all right, if you go after him, you're at least getting hit back for one. At a minimum, you're going to get hit back for one for the most part in most situations. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's look, Bob's great. He plays into the Hydra side of this. So Bob's a fun model. And when that nine dice attack pops off, you're going to feel like a god. Yeah, absolutely. So. so I think as we're talking at, right, so we're talking about sticking to the Hydra game plan. I still think you cut old school. Yeah. And I think we put it in dynamo. Yes. In that spot. And then from there, I think, honestly, there's an there's argument for Bob, uh, Bullseye over Bob. But outside of that, it can stay like it is. Uh, I would put in, because he has Hulk in his list, I would put in... Um, the uh what is it secret agent not secret agent oh, but sleeper um, agent that's it sleeper, sleeper agent sleeper agent you. yeah yes i would put in sleeper agent oh. or hulk oh god yeah no if you're playing hydra at all that's that's it right there so yeah yeah victory assured comes out sleeper agent goes in yes and that way and then like andrew if you're listening to this you just throw things with Hulk. Only punch stuff if you know you're going to daze them. Yep. Yep. It's, ah, it's so good. So good. <laughs> it's so good. I hate it so much, but it's so good. But yeah, no, it's uh, Sleeper Agent Hulk Like, is, is great. And like you said, so what we're going to do here is we're going to go through the characters, the crisis, the tactics, all that stuff real quick, and say what kind of we came up with here to finish off the show. So characters, we've got Malekith, Hulk, Crimson Dynamo, Master Skull, Mystique, Bob, Winter Soldier, the Baron Bros, Strucker and Zemo, 
and Pyro. For tactics, we've got his two restricteds are R&D and Follow Me. Then we've got Deception and Black Bifrost replaces Gamma Launch. Dark Rain, Sleeper Agent replaces Victory Assured. And then, what do we say? Exceptional Healing for Cosmic Invigoration? I believe that is correct. Exceptional yeah. Healing here. And then, and then Mid Midnight Phantasmagoria. And then we took out Pyrotechnics too. Look at this, man. Yeah, we sure did. And I think, so there is an argument here, staying with the Hydra, that it could stay. Because he has Strucker. That's another yeah. way to incinerate. Yeah. Um, but I would want to try to put in either Recal or Fallback in this list. Yeah, I would, I would think Recal would be better because it plays into your big boys with big toys kind of thing. Right. So I would say Pyrotechnics becomes Recal. And then we have Eyes on the Prize because it's, it's a good card. Now, Secures would be Sword Base, Deadly Meteors, and Gamma. So that way you can really hard lean into that 15. And then mm -hmm. Extracts, we have Cubes or Paranoia, but probably Cubes, Research Station, and Scrolls, which I love Scrolls for this because it just, oof, if your opponent has to come up to meet you, they is not happy. Not a good day. Not yeah. a good day at all. Um, a little bit of a build tech, I guess. If he gets specifically Gamma at 15, he could actually go instead of the 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 tried and true 15 of mal new skull mystique he could actually go mal bobber bullseye you know as we discussed mm -hmm. and hulk instead because deception is not going to be as good on that e shape mm -hmm. and hulk is king of gamma he is the king of gamma this is correct right and so you're still cabal affiliated uh you just have hulk as your unaffiliated slot Love it. Love it. So, yeah, I, I think this sounds crazy good. And then you get Sleeper Agent there also, like, oh, wait. Yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're, you're, if you don't take Malekith, you go New Skull, Bob, one of them, and Hulk, right? Is that right? Mm -hmm. Did I do that math right? So you go, that's what, 11, 12, 13? Well, that's only 13. Oh, well, hey, that, that. so. Well, there you go. So I messed it up. What were you saying? What was the 15 again? Tell me again, because I need the to... 15. I said, so you're going to be Cabal. You're okay. not going to be Hydra. OK. okay. So it, it's Malekith, Hulk, and either like Bob or go. Bullseye, whichever two you end up putting in that slot at the end. You know, because uh, Bob is also Cabal, too. Yes. And this whole listening thing that I need to do sometimes. I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, yeah, no, that sounds that sounds potent. It really does. Yeah. Hulk, um, I mean, time and time again, has put in work on Gamma in various tournaments. Um, I mean, for me at the tabletop, um, I think the combination of that, you just use Bob to pass the R&D over. You mm -hmm. don't need Bob to have that power. And yep. and if you have if Bob's the one doing it, he can rocket launch <laughs> on there, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, gosh, that sounds horrible and awesome, but also horrible. So. Oh, yeah. Sean, I think that about covers it for us here. And uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I certainly, if Merzane can't come back, would love to have you back for some more special reports where we take a look at some lists and dive a little deeper here. And uh, where can people find you? Uh, well, I am. if anyone here did not know, if they're interested in the game Star Wars Shatterpoint, I am now a part of the Gamers Guild podcast for Shatterpoint in particular. So you can give us a listen over there. 
Um, I am also known as Sandbox um, on the Discords. So if you want to find me there, and if you find yourself in the Memphis area, come to War Room Hobbies, and uh, I'll be happy to get a game of MCP or Shadowpoint with you. Heck yeah, make sure to do that. Make sure to give Gamers Guild some love. Uh, we love everybody over there. And then uh, Suits, if you are interested, you can send us emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of this special report format, what you thought of our list breakdown. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us where we're right. We love hearing where we're right, especially. <laughs> so Indeed. <laughs> let us let us know that. You send us messages on Discord. I'm at HPP underscore Will on most of the uh, MCP Discords out there. Like I said, you can send me messages. If you want to come and hang out in what I would say is the best Discord out there in the land of Discords, uh, you can come and check out the patreon.com slash house party protocol for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year. You can come and join us for a lot of fun, great discussions, roster talk, Shatterpoint talk, MCP talk, all, all the stuff. Like literally it is, it is the best little corner of the internet that I think I have ever found. And I love it very much. And I appreciate everybody over there that supports me in that way. And if you're asking yourself, why do you charge for Discord access? I'll tell you why. It's because I want to keep out the trolls because trolls don't like spending money. So that's exactly why I do that. And it's a, a way to help the show grow and pay for hosting and giveaways that we do and all that stuff, which another giveaway is going to be coming in hot and heavy soon because I love that Cosmic Ghost Rider model. So I want to give it to somebody. So uh, yeah, we're going to do that too. And uh, yeah, make sure to check out Battle Kiwi. And use the code PARTYKIWI and you'll get 10% off your first order with them. I love my battle box. Sean, you love your battle box, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've noticed a lot of our Memphis locals have these battle boxes. It is great. It's not the only thing they have either. You don't even have to be into MCP. And they have all kinds of stuff. And trust me when I say the price is going to look weird, but it's in New Zealand money. And so like when they when it converts and everything, it's like a totally reasonable price. So. Yeah, absolutely. There, uh, I will say uh, you've mentioned other things. Their Star Wars Legion stuff and their uh, Infinity stuff is quite solid. There you go. Yeah. So make sure to check all of that stuff out. Give them some love. They are uh, good people over there. So uh, yeah, be on the lookout soon. Uh, hopefully, we're, we're going to have some more big announcements coming up soon and and more content for you guys coming out. And uh, yeah, with that, party on, Sean. Party on, Will. And get back in your dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> and power down suits. Suits.